previously on the Pagecast. Young Hannah and her even younger friend Uli met Aunt Ambrosia at the train station. A grand festival is about to take place. Will the famous white rabbit really visit Mousewood? Welcome to the Night of the Rabbit. The Pagecast. Book 1. The Rabbit's Apprentice. Episode 4. In which we finally return to Mousewood. Come on now, we don't want to be late, on the brochure called, picking up her pace. Hannah and Uli grabbed the heavy bag and trundled after her. The narrow path led them across the roof of the station building's entrance area and through a small stone archway, before sweeping under lush draping ferns and alongside one of the building's walls. White plaster crumbled from the stone, exposing the dark, red brick beneath. The mice followed the wall as it took them past a huge, human-sized window. Uli tried to peer inside, but his view was obscured by tangles of ivy, a layer of grease laid in dirt, and all the human clutter piled up on the windowsill. There were bottles filled with colorful liquids, suit-black flasks and thick leather-bound books, all covered in dusty old cobwebs. In a time long past, the station building had stood empty, unoccupied. But for many years now, it had been home to a human with whom the creatures of the forest were very well acquainted. This particular human could shrink down to the same size as the animals, whenever he liked, and it wasn't unusual for the inhabitants of the forest to spot him strolling through the streets of Mousewood. He even let them use him as a means of transport sometimes, when he was at his full height. The magician is still asleep, Hannah gasped, but he'll miss the treetop festival. The magician's snores could be heard even through the closed window. From the other side of the building came a series of tremendous hisses and squeals, then a whistle as the train pulled out of the station. But although the windows of his abode shook from the commotion, the magician himself snored on. Oh, I wouldn't worry about that, said Aunt Ambrosia with a knowing wink. He'll be at the treetop festival, even if he's still asleep. Magicians, what did I tell you? Uli rolled his eyes. Why did they have to make everything so complicated? 
leaving the magician's house behind them, the mice entered the forest. Ambrosia sighed, slowing her pace a little. Ah, it's been too long since I was last here. They headed towards a gnarled old beech tree. A giant of a specimen, it loomed large over the mouse-sized tracks that branched off the main path, dotted by equally mouse-sized lanterns, hedges, signposts and dry stone walls. These were the features that marked the outskirts of the little town to which the mice were headed. Hannah watched on as her aunt soaked in every detail, her eyes filled with longing. Even the tiniest pebble seemed to remind her of days gone by. It was true. Ambrosia was thinking of the past. Every moment and memory in her heart was so vivid and lifelike, she almost expected to hear her childhood friends calling her name any minute. It felt like all she had to do was turn the next corner and the endless, blissful, adventure-filled days of her youth would be waiting to sweep her away again. Presently, the path became wider, opening up into a view of the town itself. Ambrosia sighed once more. My mousewood. The moment she set eyes on the town, the mouse's bittersweet memories vanished from her mind. She smiled as she watched the small figures bustling along the winding streets just below the slight hill on which she and the children were stood. A tear crept into the corner of her eye. Hannah set down the heavy bag and took her aunt's paw. The crown of the old beach, whose leaves provided the perfect shelter for the miniature town, rustled in the wind. The morning sun shone through the fluttering leaves, casting a pattern of dancing lights over the twisting streets and tiny houses. Cold water brook, the stream that flowed through the center of Mousewood, splashed and sparkled in the light, tirelessly turning the water wheel fixed to the side of the tree trunk cafe. Aunt Ambrosia had spent many a long night on the cafe's rooftop terrace in her youth, pondering the future hopes and dreams with her friends, while the owner, an old squirrel, brought them one nut coffee after another. On the other side of the town square, by the broad trunk of the beech tree, stood Mousewood's tall town hall and the town gate. No larger than a soup plate, but for the denizens of Mousewood, an imposing arch and a source of great pride. The gate 
which was attended dutifully by the town's mouse guards, was the usual entrance to the town. Only those who knew the back roads route from the station, like Hannah and Ambrosia, came in any other way. Years ago, the guards had often greeted the young Ambrosia as she set off through the gate on her own, heading towards the fields and the river in search of rare and not-so-rare stones. That was where her journey had begun, though she never realized it at the time. Aunt Ambrosia, said Hannah, fiddling with the hem of her dress. You, you've been all over the world, haven't you? I've seen my fair share, yes, Ambrosia replied. In fact, I discovered a fascinating new awe last month. Would you like to hear about it? No, said Hannah, a little too quickly. No, no, it's, it's not that. It's just... Don't you find it boring, coming back here? Ambrosia smiled. When wanderlust strikes, a mouse must wander. And when the stones call to me, I have no choice but to find them and break them free. But do you know, the longer and further I roam, and the more wonderful sights I see and interesting creatures I meet, the more it becomes clear to me just how special our little mousewood is, how much I miss my home and my family. She squeezed Hannah's paw. And Hannah hugged her aunt as tightly as she could. I've missed you too, the little mouse whispered. The town hall, the gate, and all the houses and streets were decorated with festive leaf bunting, paper lanterns and glow nuts, which radiated a joyous warmth in the shade of the tree and gave the mice a small taste of how grandly mousewood would glow once evening fell and the main festivities in the town square began. Animals were already scampering about busily in preparation for the celebrations. Amongst them, Hannah spotted the travelers who had arrived on the same train as Aunt Ambrosia, who were currently being welcomed with flagons of fresh grape juice by a family of hares. Oh hey, woohoo! Happy Treetop Festival! called out a ground squirrel carrying a delicious looking cake with a cherry on top balanced on a large plate. She skipped past Hannah, Uli and Aunt Ambrosia down the slope and into town. Just in that moment a sparrow flapped up into the air and began zipping over the gardens and roofs, twittering loudly. Every few seconds he stopped to land on a hedge or a garden fence and shouted to the residents of Mousewood, I saw him, I saw him. The squirrels, mice and other creatures stopped what they were doing and rushed toward the town square. Suddenly, the very air in the little town of Mousewood was a buzz with energy. Ah, uh, excuse me, 
Aunt Ambrosia called out to the sparrow, running towards him with the children still dragging her heavy bag close behind. What's going on? The sparrow did another few quick loops in the air before fluttering over to the three mice. I saw him, he tweeted breathlessly. Just now, outside the town walls, he's almost here. Who's almost here? An exasperated Aunt Ambrosia asked. The tree walker, the sparrow cried. The rabbit. Then he flapped away in a flurry of excitement. I knew it, Hannah whispered, her eyes widening. There's no white shadow. The savior of the moonlight bridge. She looked at Ambrosia, the sorcerer of Hoto. Ambrosia was so excited she could hardly breathe. She snatched up her heavy bag as if it were filled with nothing but cotton wool. Come on, children, she cried. The Marquis de Hoto has returned to Mousewood. We can't miss this. Then she ran towards the town square, her knees hot on her tail. Um, the Marquis de what? panted Uli, a little way behind. But Ambrosia didn't hear him. Her mind was somewhere else entirely. In the branches of the old beech tree, unnoticed by the denizens of Mousewood and their guests, sat a bedraggled crow. It watched the animals feverishly. Terrible thoughts floating through its feathered head. So terrible were these thoughts, in fact, that the crow had already called for help. Tried to warn the town folk, both of her thoughts and of herself. But none of those below had understood her squawks. She twitched and blinked, trying once more to wipe the residue of the thick green liquid from her beak with one wing. If she could just be rid of it, then perhaps the thoughts would disappear too. It was at a human landfill site, just north of the forest, that she had found the shimmering green puddle. It had smelled so good. So sweet, so tempting. The crow had been looking for food to bring back to her young. But just a moment later, all she could feel was the pain. It rose from her stomach to her beak before flooding out to the very tips of each of her feathers. With each wave of pain, thoughts penetrated her mind. Old thoughts, wrong and powerful. Thoughts of the hunt and the tearing of flesh, of blood, of feeding. <coughs> Robbed of the power of speech, the crow had retreated to the treetops to wait, to heal. But now, other strange words 
burned into her brain like hot irons. Words that did not feel like her own. They spoke of things she did not understand. Yet she knew she must heed them. They will come, the words whispered. A rabbit and a human boy. The acrid stench of soot filled the crow's nostrils. In the darkness from which the words emerged, she saw the flicker of a candle. The words were hissing, rasping. They flooded her consciousness until she could think of nothing else. Even her young, waiting in a nest, were forgotten. A rabbit and a human boy will come. Find them. Feverishly, the crow scanned the forest floor, but there was no sign of any rabbit or human. listening to The Night of the Rabbit, The Pagecast. The Pagecast was written and narrated by me, Matt Kempke. Special thanks to Ian Farrell for the English translation, to Thilo Alpermann for our music, to Aljoscha Jelinek, Corinna Artl and Sebastian Kempke for providing invaluable feedback, and to Corinna Artl for performing our Pagecast theme song. Also, special thanks to Olga Azu Andrienko and Simone Schmö-Grünewald for our main cover artwork. The Night of the Rabbit is an adventure game I wrote a long time ago and which you can play right now. Just follow the link in the show notes. But you don't need to know the game to listen to this podcast, which expands the story from the game. 
the episodes of this page cast are chapters from the book I'm currently writing in my spare time. If you want to support the page cast and the novel, you can do that. You will find the links in the show notes. In two weeks' time, the page cast returns with episode 5, in which Ambrosia is snatched away. <laughs>